I, I really wish I knew the words to that South Park song, uh, My Chocolate Salty Balls, sung by Chef, who was voiced by Isaac Hayes, because I would sing that shit for y'all, but I, I, I got to learn it, I promise you. you you're going to get the harmonious voice that comes out of this body someday. It's going to sound horrible, but, you know, I do it because I want to. <laughs> Sock people, Sock. Uh... B.O.G. PC Podcast. You already know what it is. Uh, doing this a little bit differently. I, I don't know what I'm doing, as I always say. Yeah, but this is <clears throat> one brought to you early in the morning, courtesy of yours truly. It's Friday, August 10th. You know, yeah, it's a week out from a big day, but you know what it is. I got shit to do. So, but I felt compelled to get on this shit because, you know, this storyline is <laughs> just the storyline in general. It's just all crazy. It's just a little bit crazy, man. But, you know, salute to myself for uh, <laughs> for stereotyping people and being um, low-key, semi-racist. This morning, as I was getting my coffee, um, I'm pulling in the gas station parking lot. I don't think I ever told y'all about the pretty girl at the gas station, but uh, that's a that's another time. That's another time in another show. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm pulling in the parking lot. I see some, you know, big white guy. He's older. And he has uh, tattoos and stuff. And in my head, I automatically go, "I'm like, this nigga used to be racist, man." <laughs> <laughs> like it's a crazy part. It's like there's nothing to confirm it. I didn't see any lightning bolt tattoos and nothing crazy like that. But it was just like <laughs> in my head, I'm like, this nigga used to be racist. Oh, he might still be racist for all I know. Um, but oh, he couldn't not be racist at all. That is another option to the story. Let me not. <laughs> let me not be. Um, let me not be vindictive so early in the morning let me not be an asshole but these are the reasons why I say I'm an asshole because this is where my mind goes in those times like this nigga used to be racist he could have been the nicest gentleman in the world for all I know but yeah I'm blaming it on the fact that I didn't have coffee yet he looked like a racist man what do you want me to say Listen, stereotyping people can sometimes save your life, man. Um, so if there's somebody you know who looks like a shooter or like they're capable of shooting some shit up, be their friend. That, that's that's all I can tell you because, you know, you want to be the person that when it, when their button is about to be go off and be pushed and they're about to feel like they could check out of this bitch because they have nothing else to live for. They'll tell you not to come to work that day, yeah? It is what it is, man. Um, anyway, off of that topic, um, let's 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 talk about some drugs and uh, specifically, we're gonna talk about uh, cocaine, which is my you know. Hey, hey listen, I never tried it. I don't know. I, I would sell it. Uh, listen, I'm gonna tell y'all my drug selling, my drugs uh, dealer day story. One day, that's gonna be a complete different episode. That one will be about me, more than likely. But um, 
Yeah, we're going to talk about cocaine because uh, cocaine and city workers, because, you know, there's, there's, there seems to be a trend here of, you know, there's a lot of fucking cocaine flowing around out there. But uh, I'm just going to start off lightly by saying that. And the first story that, I, that I'm trying to find right now is actually, um, you know, out of some place completely unexpected because it just caught me completely off guard reading the article. And in my head, I'm like, yo, what? What the, what, what the fuck is going on in Wisconsin of all places? You know? Um, <laughs> I don't know anything about Wisconsin. I've never been there. I don't plan on going there. And, you know, I know there are black people who live in Wisconsin. There's black people everywhere. Let's not ever get that fucked up. But off the top of your head, you might only think the only black people in Wisconsin are the people who play for the Milwaukee Bucks. But that's not the case. Um, and apparently, there's a lot of coke being moved out there. Um, because uh, a federal a federal and law enforcement Federal and local law enforcement stakeout busted 16 people for distributing nearly $10 million or 127 pounds worth of worth $9.6 million in cocaine. And this is in the Fond du Lac area of Wisconsin. I've never heard of Fond du Lac. I don't know what it is, but apparently... This fucking, uh, there was 127 pounds of coke that got moved or distributed in this little town. And, <clears throat> yeah, my voice is a little bit scratchy. It's first thing in the morning. That's how it goes. Yeah, B. Um, that's a lot of coke. And authorities said, they were like, you know, <laughs> yeah, they say, like, cocaine is light. So, for a hundred pounds, hundred and twenty-seven is a lot of pounds. And the DA says the operation stretched from Fond du Lac to Milwaukee to Chicago, in which it was a large-scale conspiracy. And like I said, they said a hundred pounds is a coke is a lot, being it doesn't weigh that much. And this is coming from the authorities, and that's probably where it got stuck in my head, because I know nothing about weighing drugs or anything of that sort but um they have 13 people in custody one posted bond and they have arrest warrants out for two other people and uh the suspects are charged with conspiracy to deliver cocaine and this whole operation or investigation took place between july 2017 and april 2018 so, yeah, what's up, Wisconsin? Um, <laughs> just off top, salute to y'all for, I guess, putting in that work and keeping it moving, I, I guess you could say. Somebody, somebody's eating. The two guys' pictures in the article, there were two people, there were two gentlemen, and they were both of, they were both Caucasian. So I don't know the makeup of the drug operation I think there were some Spanish names involved, but I, I, um, I pretty much, I, I, I just, uh, 
Now, listen, there's a lot of people involved. They're not going to say all 13 people. And uh, and in the back of my head, I'm like, yo, we got to keep in mind with this one that Wisconsin is only three hours from Chirac. It looked like a straight shot on I-94 West or I-41. So this coke is definitely being trafficked to Chicago, as I said in the article I've mentioned before. <laughs> I mentioned before who, you know, might run Chirac on the low. But, um, yeah, yo, this this is crazy, B. That's 127 pounds of cocaine. And as I said, somebody has to bring this shit in. Somebody has to ensure that it gets in. And if you read The Power Elite or read... um. I can't remember the name of the book. Hold on, though. Dark Alliance. If you read uh, Dark Alliance, which is the book that uh, pretty much documents the Iran-Contra scandal and the arming and funding of the Nicaraguan rebels and rebels and all the cocaine trafficking between Oliver North, the CIA, and the local authorities, you'll understand that this cocaine doesn't come from like out of the sky, like or out of the blue, like cocaine and guns don't just pop up. So you, you, you got to understand that all of this doesn't come from just out of the blue, just in general. So it's 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 crazy, man. And then uh, keeping keeping it on the on the drug scene with cocaine, I guess it is a hell of a drug, like uh, Rick James said. That Dave Chappelle episode, but yeah, there was also a New Jersey police chief, Palisades Parkway police chief, to be exact. His name is uh Michael Coppola. I, uh, he, he's Caucasian. And, um, he's been busted for allegedly. You're gonna say allegedly because th- this is what the article said. It's been busted for ordering. <laughs> yeah, I can laugh at this because nobody got hurt in these stories and uh, nobody nobody got injured. But he got busted for ordering cocaine online. I which in my head, I'm like, how dumb is this dude? Because he like he's a cop, so he kind of has to know that there is a whole task force devoted to online crime and shit like that. So he had to know that um, he could be watched. And I, I, the way the article states it, it, it seems like he'd been doing it for a while. But authorities say that Michael Coppola, who was 43 years old, had been buying cocaine on the internet and getting it to... <laughs> And getting it delivered to a post office box. <laughs> it's not funny. Like, yo, as I tell people all the time, they're making it so convenient. You don't have to leave your house for anything. You don't have to talk to anybody for anything. You can get anything you want online early without leaving your house, without talking to anybody. If you want a girl or if you want companionship or sex, 
for both sexes. You don't have to leave your house or talk to anybody. You can order it online and it will show up to your door, which uh, Michael Coppola was allegedly doing and got busted for because after, I guess, they were investigating him, they decided to put a box of fake cocaine in his post office box. And um, then they went, they waited until he picked it up and they pulled him over in a routine traffic stop and found the fake coke that they planted in his post office box. So this, <laughs> this dumb cop pretty much got busted in an operation that he's probably seen or been part of numerous on numerous numerous occasions but they say like if it's an investigation like he had been doing this for a while and he was probably selling it as well i'm just speculating this is all alleged this is just my opinion it's not facts but if for them to do this it's just crazy He's expected to be in court on August 22nd to face charges. But I, I, I'm pretty, I, I think in these cases, I'm trying to figure out if they go with a PBA attorney or do they go with, do they go with <laughs> their own attorney? Because an attorney that works for the police can't be defending a cocaine charge, can he? I would think that's kind of contradictory to say the least. But then, yeah, I don't know, man. We live in different times in a different world, so I I don't know. I, I don't know anymore. That's a good question, though. Do PBA lawyers defend cops when they get like caught on drug charge drug charges? I don't know if that dude Michael Dowd from the Seven Five documentary had his own lawyer, or did he go with? some PBA lawyer. But he had enough bread to pay his own lawyer at that point. Dude was swimming in the money from his illegal drug proceeds and things of that nature. If you don't, if you haven't watched the 7-5 documentary, please check out that podcast episode and do yourself a favor and go on Netflix and watch that documentary. Because it's full of cops, just like Michael Coppola, who allegedly was... Dumb as fuck and ordering cocaine to a P.O. box. <laughs> Every time I think I'm dumb, I'm like, yo, what kind of, yeah. And then in my head, I'm like, yo, is this, is this, was that entrapment? Because it seems like a dirty tactic in terms of, you know, it's a dirty tactic just all around because you can't, yeah. <laughs> I'm conflicted. I'm just so conflicted when it comes to police and the work they do trying to figure out, like, yo, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or is that, like, it's so, the lines are so blurred in terms of those things when it comes to cops. Because it seems like entrapment because you're inducing the person into doing something. And then once they do it, you bust them. It seems it seems so wrong, but then it, it, it then again it seems it seems wrong. But 
I don't know. I guess you, if the way they figure it is you're dumb to take the bait. And um, speaking of baiting, baiting niggas at all time high, this is one of, like, I read the story and I, like, it's funny, but it's not funny. And I, you probably already heard of it. And you've probably already seen the news articles popping up on your social media timeline or you, you probably heard about somewhere unless you've just not been paying attention. But uh, community activists in Chicago are, I guess they're, they're, they're questioning the tactics of the police in the city because allegedly, uh, no, this is facts actually because it's in the article, the the um, police, there was a partnership between the Chicago Police Department and the Norfolk Southern Railroad Police, and they called it Operation Trailer Trap, and they allegedly were doing it to stop trailer break-ins and burglaries at the rail yards. Uh, I guess it's a common practice where people break into the trucks and, you know, steal everything in the truck because there's a lot of merchandise in those trucks. So it's, you know, it's worth, to some people it's worth it. But um, the community activists are complaining because the police are parking these bait trucks in, uh, in predominantly black communities and, and by basketball courts and um, <laughs> this is a funny part, right? This is the funny part to me. And to bait the people in the urban community, they put, they fill the trucks up with uh, with Nike shoes. That that was an article. I'm not making this up, man. They fill it up with Nike shoes, and as I said, they park them um by basketball courts, and um. <laughs> I guess they just wait for people to steal them. If you ever seen Bait Call on TV, you you know exactly what kind of setup this is for the most part. But yeah, I always thought Bait Call was entrapment to the fullest. Like you just leave a car running and wait for niggas to steal it. It's, it's fucked up, especially in places where people have no cars and they might just be driving home instead of walking. Granted, in a car they stole, but yeah, that show was funny. Um, but let me get back to the story. So yeah, the activists are saying like, you, the police in Chicago have better things to do than trying to entrap or entice young men into st- <laughs> into stealing sneakers. I. I understand what the activists are saying because in this day and age, it, listen, people was getting bodied for Jordans in the 90s. It's damn near 30 years later and people are still being bodied for Jordans. So I understand the activist viewpoint when it comes to this story. But then the police say that um 
hey, hey, listen, if you're not a thief, you won't get... <laughs> if you're not a thief, you won't get caught. Like, and I understand that viewpoint, too. So that's where I'm conflicted, because I'm like, yeah, damn, that's... The... <laughs> they have a point. They They do have a point with that one. But it's just, it's... It's so conflicting, man. Like you, you put in, an activist is saying like, yo, it's like putting money in a trunk and uh, just leaving it open in like a place where people are homeless and just enticing them to steal and then locking them up when they do it. And then the police response is, yo, only thieves steal. So, you know. <laughs> so if something does get stolen, it was a thief and you don't want them in your community anyway. So it's like touche, touche, good counterpoint. I, I see your, I see your counterpoint heavy, but it's it's just so fucked up, man. And activists are saying like it's a, it's an appropriate use of police resources, especially as I just reported in one podcast episode that you, they just like had seventy four shootings and double digit bodies in a weekend, but here these niggas are trying to entice, entice you niggas with Nike shoes. Risking your life over shoes, man. Nah, we gotta do better. We gotta do better, like, I'm never gonna mention my sneakerheads comment because I'm gonna sound too much like one of my inspirations, Troy Terrain, but the whole sneaker game is just completely retarded if you ask me but bait niggas with sneakers man that's a new low that's that's a new low for the police but shout to them for trying to get the savages off the street but fuck my life man like that's that's low <laughs> and somebody put up something on social media like yo you should leave a truck full of donuts outside the Chicago PD police station and then arrest them for going in to steal donuts when they take a donut then I'm like, that's wrong. I mean, you can't arrest the police. Police only get arrested when they, you know, order cocaine online to a P.O. box. Like, dumbasses. Like, what's, what's wrong, people? Um, but anyway, the operation has only netted three arrests. And the people who were arrested were in the age range from 21 through 59 year old, years old, and they forcibly entered the locked and unopened containers. So they were just going to do a trailer robbery anyway, and they got caught up in the sting operation. So the youth are smart enough to know um, to not fall for it, I guess, or they just haven't been caught yet. But is it entrapment? Like, that's all I'm questioning. Like, is that entrapment? Like, you know, baiting niggas with Nike shoes or baiting coke heads with coke. That's seems like seems like entrapment, man. Uh <laughs> it's just fucked up, man. It's just on so many levels. Like, yo, this is this is what we've come to as a people, just in general. Like I But if you ever watch Bait Call. When the niggas get arrested, when they when the police pull up behind them and they shut off the car and stuff, you could tell, like, niggas are going to start snitching. 
early, and they used to come up with the craziest stories. Like, no, I was just parking it. <laughs> I was just moving it for him. He told me to move it. Like, who? The person over there? Which person? Nah, they left. <laughs> All I can say is to the young people, like, yo, if something looks too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. And that even includes sex in instances. So, you know, don't be too enticed by anything. And in terms of the sex aspect, just oh, as I say, the model for life is wear rubber, man, because, you know, don't let that moment of... Don't let that moment of mental weakness and thinking with your dick have you paying something for 18 years like my stupid ass. Yeah, yeah what are you going to do? Yeah, so that was the entrapment portion of the story. Now we move on to um, the city workers aspect of the story. Uh, <laughs> we're going to keep it on the trending topic of thieving and cocaine. But uh, yeah, there was a there was a bust. It spanned from uh, I guess the investigation. Let me just start off by saying salute to BK, which is Brooklyn, New York, and salute to the Bronx, which is my hometown where I grew up. BX stand up, in the words of Jesus and Mero. But that's the borough, you know what it is. But there was a uh, I'm trying to find out who the operation was run by but i know it was like uh let me let me just uh let me let me find in my notes anyway i'll get to it man but let me put it to you like this there was an mta bus driver city worker city worker he was busted for being part of a ring that was trafficking cocaine that was disguising the uh, drugs in children's gift boxes, like Minnie Mouse wrapping paper and uh, things that I <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I'm, I'm just laughing because like, <laughs> it's a good disguise, but it, come on, man. Um, so the authorities busted these guys. Let me tell you how the story went down. Uh, so the guy... There's a guy who's a nail salon manager. There's a guy who's a bus driver. The nail salon's manager, his name is Mr. Christopher Kelly. And the bus driver's name is Robert Woodridge. Who was an MTA bus driver. Does not get it twisted. He works for the city. City job. Uh, yeah, so they they were surveilling these guys. It was the... Special Narcotics Prosecutor and the DEA Task Force who were running this operation. So, this all happened in broad daylight. This is according to the story. They watched Mr. Kelly go in a Dodge Challenger and get a gift rack package with uh, the Minnie Mouse paper out of the trunk of a Dodge Challenger and then he Handed the package to uh, the MTA bus driver, Mr. Woodridge. And then Mr. Woodridge handed him a Burberry shopping bag. And this is in broad daylight. Uh, so, I guess, 
they surveilled him and they followed him. And then Dory, all right, so then they got busted. So I, I don't know how the whole operation went down, but they allegedly, they got charged. The defendants are charged for selling four pounds of cocaine. And after they witnessed this hand-to-hand transaction, they got, I guess they had search, search warrants. They searched the nail salon's manager crib and found another Minnie Mouse package that had another two keys of coke in it and the Burberry bag with $74,300 in it to be exact. So that's the bag that the bus driver handed to them. That's 75 racks. Let's, let's put that on the table. Then they searched the uh, bus driver's crib, which is on East Tremont Ave in the BX. Salute to the BX, as I said. And they found the U- a UPS bag with two keys worth of Coke, or 75000 which is what he paid for it. Scales and packaging material, according to the names. According to the, according to that. So, uh, I, he was definitely moving. I, I can't say this. Allegedly, he was moving coke into BX to Brooklyn. This was a BX to Brooklyn drug ring that they are touting that they busted up, I guess you can say. But I don't. <laughs> this ain't going to stop all the coke. Yo, there's a lot of coke floating around out there. Don't, like... Don't, don't ever get it fucked up. All these drugs come from somewhere, man, as I said. And uh, so they searched these guys. They busted these two guys. They said the agents had been watching the nail salon of Christopher Kelly's, which is on Avenue T in Mill Basin, Brooklyn. Salute to BK. BK, stand up, man. They said these, this drug ring had a, uh, they were fond of Minnie Mouse packaging and uh, fancy cars for the most part. Yeah, that's 75 racks. Don't get it twisted. That's not light money, man. That's, uh, that's a lot of coke, man. That's a lot of fucking coke, man. Uh, and then they searched the, uh, the Dodge Challenger that uh, Kelly got the coke out of is registered to a Mr. Salvatore Capiche, who is the brother-in-law of the Del Maraschino Cherry boss, Arthur Mandela. I don't know what the Del Maraschino Cherry is. Um, in the article, it said disgrace, but I was like, I'm not saying disgrace because I, I don't know who these people are, and I don't want them at my head. You ain't coming at me for quoting something out of an article. Uh... And they're saying Arthur Mandela, who is the alleged Del Marschino boss, killed himself in 2015 while authorities were raiding his Brooklyn factory, which was a suspected weed grow house. I have nothing against that. I, I just wish I knew him and he was my plug. If I'm going to give it a buck, just read that. But yeah, yeah, this is... Uh... So yeah, everybody... Pled not guilty to the charges, but if you're part of Del Maraschino or whatever that is, if you know like I know, you probably should shut the fuck up because you, you like your life and you like your family and you don't need those problems, man, if we keeping it 100. 
But um, somebody, somebody's gonna rap. <laughs> the MTA ain't built to be sending the feds for no shit like that. He probably got a stash somewhere mean. Yo, they listen. Don't get it twisted. If this is happening in Wisconsin and uh, New York, New Jersey, there's a lot of drugs floating around this fucking place. You know, don't do drugs, kid. Don't, 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 don't do drugs. That's that's all I can tell you. That is the moral of these stories. Is especially don't get it delivered to a PO box, man. Like don't. Especially if you're a cop. I, I told you, yo, cops is wild, P. Like, don't, don't ever get it twisted, man. Um, and lastly, lastly, well, you know, ended on another grim note because apparently, like, I like ended on grim notes because I'm an asshole. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Um, here's another story. A city worker. C- city worker. Uh, and I can't get a job for the city or the state or the feds because drug tests is fucking the most biased shit I've ever seen in my life. I can't smoke weed and be a city worker, but these niggas could get drunk every day and do coke on the weekends and be I, you know, it's, it's hypocrisy and bullshit at its finest. That's all, that's all I'm going to say about that, man. But, uh. I, I don't want to call this dude a piece of shit, but from the backstory, it seems like, you know, listen, we all have our faults, but this nigga has some faults, like for real, for real. It was a story. We probably all read it. And well, if you're in the New York area, you, you've been heard about it, but if you're outside of that, you probably haven't. There was an ACS worker. Let's just start it off like this. He was, uh, let's quote it. Let's forget the ACS worker. It was a dude who was paroled in 2010 after he did 28 years for murder. Let's just start the story like that. He did 28 years for murder, I guess, during this time, during this nearly three decades in jail. He got his degree, and he had, you know, he was going to get his life together and... um <laughs> he was going to get his life together And he did I guess And he became an ACS worker He was 55 years old now Currently after doing 28 years in prison And he is now accused of Slamming a child into a door frame And trying, attempting to put him <laughs> In a file cabinet. I'm not laughing at the child. I promise you. I'm not. I'm not. Um, But he attempted to put him in a file cabinet. And this is according to the NYPD. And the boy sustained a cut on the left side of his face. In this whole ordeal. So let's let's keep it working. Let's, let's Let's keep the part about, you know. So a guy who did 28 years in prison is uh, (laughs) accused of attacking a child. And somebody hired this guy as if, you know, he was an upstanding citizen. He could have been at, you know, he could have been recuperated after three decades. That's a long fucking time to sit down. And he might have snapped. Listen, 
I'm not blaming the kid. Kids say shit sometimes, but kids are kids. You can't you can't fault a kid for what they say and you can't take your frustrations out on a kid as you would do an adult. And I think I'm not I'm not gonna give this guy any credit because I said he might be a piece of shit. Who knows? He might have murdered somebody or he might have been part of some shit. We don't know. I don't know the full story to say that he shot somebody or stabbed somebody. He might have been part of a group that murdered somebody and got hit with the charges. Because when they bust people, everybody got to go. Because that's how just how the law rolls. It is what it is. So it, it was. It was just crazy. But the ACS, which is the adult, I, I forget. I don't know the acronym. What the acronym stands for? But it's the. It's, it's something like the Department of Child Services or whatever you want to call it. But they now say they have much stricter hiring protocols that were not in place than the time he was hired. Uh, yeah, so this is, I guess he got out eight years. I guess he was eight years clean, being he didn't go back in. So he might have been reformed, for all we know. He could have been reformed. But now he's probably going back after this shit. You can't. I don't care what the six-year-old said. You don't. You can't. Fucking slam his like slam him in a door frame and try to put him in a file cabinet. That's just. You can imagine somebody doing that to your kid, man. Guy after body that dude. Only go to square up with him and then realize like this nigga did twenty-eight years in prison. I might. This might be. Be taking the L for this shit. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm not laughing at the story. I'm laughing at what I just said. Let's just clarify that right now. Could you imagine this nigga do this to your kid and then you go to try to see him about it and then you get there and then at 28 years in prison, aggression gets taken out on you? Um, hopefully, the authorities are dealing with him and this case will be resolved. The kid didn't deserve that. I don't care what the kid said or did. Maybe he was a city worker on cocaine at the time. Maybe he, he was on coke, grinding his jaw. The kid said something and he just fucking lost it. Because as you can see, there's a trend. There's a trend here. There's a trend. Uh, the trend is living legal is not enough. So people are moving cocaine. That's that's what I take from the shit. Because <laughs> you got to have a side hustle. I don't care who you are. And, yo, it's the people who work for the city or state can get away with the most shit. Um, one drug test is the requirement, not for or not across the board, but if a cop was ordering cocaine to his P.O. box, I'm going to just think he didn't get drug tested that much. I don't know. It's just weird, man, just reading all this. And I'm like, yo, what kind of world do I live in? And is this is this real? Or is this just, you know, is this shit just a simulation, like Tesla said? Because it just seems too far-fetched and too too just erratic at times to be hundred percent real. Like <laughs> listen, I'm shocked. 
by half of it, but at the same time, I find a way to find humor in all of it. But, you know, another moral of some of these stories is, you know, you always have to watch watch the babies because you don't know who the kids are around. You, you want them to go make friends with cops and then find out that cop has a has fucking cocaine coming to his P.O. box. You want them to be good to the bus drivers and stuff, then the bus driver might be a coke kingpin. You want him to go talk to a therapist, he might say some shit. <laughs> he might say some shit to the therapist and get put in the file cabinet or some shit. <laughs> I'm wrong. I'm wrong, yo. But it's just it, it's it's the world we live in, man. Uh, listen, man. I guess you know. People, listen, people like cocaine. I, I guess. Fucking 127 pounds, 75 racks worth of this shit, broad daylight. Is it, they take drugs, caffeine, and tobacco off of this planet? It'll be a riot in three days. Or that's what people say, and I don't know, but that seems to be the truth because all this fucking cocaine floating around that I've been reporting on in these last couple of podcasts just seems out of out of. Out of out of line, yo. Uh, don't do drugs, people, except for weed, acid, shrooms. Uh, ecstasy is I Molly, little Molly never hurt anybody. <laughs> uh, only with only with the opposite sex, uh, and you know the, whatever your preference is. And it's 2018. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Anyway, that is PC podcast VOG podcast on this. Beautiful Friday morning. This is me off of coffee and, you know, this is just a morning vibe. Um, You've been informed about a lot of cocaine moving around and dirty city workers. Uh, Yeah, that's it. That was on my mind. Yeah. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Um, Send your feedback to dflint51 at gmail.com. Derek H. Flint on Instagram at dhf818 on Twitter. You don't need my Facebook, you bitch. Uh, That's it for today. It'll be easy. Everyone have a great weekend. One.